Hey y'all, it's Delaney. And it's Katie, and this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. Oh, shoot, I'm gonna have a little thing. Ha! <laughs> With Trappy's playing in the background. Dang! I fumbled the bag. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have a thing. I completely forgot. I feel like we haven't done this show in ages. But it was last week. Mm-hmm. Was it? Did we do it on time last week? Girl, I don't even know what I did yesterday. That's not true. I don't know what I did two days ago. Yeah. Dang. I might take this as an out. Because the way Kid Fury has been doing his stuff for like years on end, I was like. Yeah. I don't know how he do that. Anyway. Well. There it is, y'all. <laughs> Lasted three weeks. So. It's been much more than that, I feel like. It's been like a. I feel like it's been in like what two months? Yeah, I was, I was gonna I was gonna guess two months. Yeah, I'm gonna see. Well, end up an era. <laughs> Not an era. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Well, this this week. There's um. I think a, a good amount of news this week. A couple of Juneteenth concerts coming up. Um. One of them featuring the illustrious Joseph Kanyas, so literally Dang, how much take a ticket for that? Tangro arm and a leg. Literally. Right for for standing room. Right. <laughs> you get there and they be like, All right, surgeon's ready. Arm and a leg. Right. <laughs> Which one would you prefer? <laughs> Love um, that for him. What would you do? You do both on one side or you do one or the other? I crawl. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I just started thinking about that. I'm like, what would I do? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, um, I don't even know. This concert is being presented by the Chicago Musical Pathways Initiative. So, of course, it's happening on Juneteenth, June 19th at 7 p.m. Central. Um, it's also featuring Xavier Foley. Um, if he sounds familiar, you might remember him from when he won Sphinx, I believe, in 2015. So... Um, yeah, and he's also a great uh, composer as well. So I wouldn't miss that. I'm gonna put that in the um, in the what in the description of the episode, <laughs> so y'all can uh, RSVP. It is free to RSVP. So just so y'all know, uh, yet another concert that's happening is being presented by the Harlem Chamber Players, um, also on June 19th, and it's a, a digitally streamed uh concert featuring a premiere um by the adolphus hell stork hey Um, dolphy wolfy hold on (laughs) one day he gonna find out just one day (laughs) i'll be so embarrassed i mean not really i'll roll with it but um and this is also uh commemorating the um the 100 year anniversary of the Tulsa race massacre. Um, so that it features a premiere of his work, um, pity these ashes, um, which also features Janae Bridges as a, um, soloist with the ensemble. There's also going to be a lot more, um, uh, performances, music by Jesse Montgomery and, um, a number of other, uh, composers. Um, so yeah, that's also June 19th and I'll link the, concert information and stuff kind of related to this i actually got to ask um adolphus healthsworth some questions about this thing um about this um premiere and i and i was like you know what i'm not gonna act like this is not a big deal however me and katie not the same because i sent questions to healthsworth's publicist katie was kicked up was on the phone with Hell Stork, so we're not the same. But yeah, yours is better. It's okay. It's okay to be illustrious. How was mine better when I didn't even speak to him directly? You didn't email him directly? Nope. You emailed his assistant? His publicist. Well. Well. What's so direct she's, she's trying to she's trying to <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to come no, up with some type of mental mine. gymnastic. Okay. But she was nah, she and Hellsource Rolodex. So Yep. Um period. I actually don't I think that's actually being released on Monday, so I actually might not be able to link it. I'll I'll probably edit the description to, to link it. Um yeah, so that's happening. 
Um, what else? The Gateways uh, Music Festival just made an announcement um, of when we will be seeing them next, which is in 2022. Um, they have announced the uh, 2022 festival from April 18th to April 24th um, in two cities this time. So not just in Rochester, um, but also in New York City at Carnegie Hall. So they're going to have, you know, their usual stuff, the piano recitals, the orchestra stuff. They're going to do some film screenings, some lectures, um, all that in Rochester. And then they're going to head over to Carnegie Hall and do some of the um, some of the same stuff and some new stuff. Um, some of their gateways after hours sessions. If you've ever been to gateways, they have mm. like, you know, at a club or some type of music venue. Um, some of the musicians going to play um, other types of music. Um, also the Mighty Winds will be doing a guest recital, so it's going to be lit, period. Um, one of my former professors from Eastman is, well, not from Eastman, from University of Rochester, um, will be doing a, um, a talk on, on Florence Price and her third symphony. There's also going to be some chamber music recitals. Y'all know how gateways do. So, um, tickets for this, uh, festival are going to be going on sale, um, I believe on July 20. Actually, they go on sale on different times. Like, not everything is on sale at the same time. So, mm-hmm. I actually just link. Um, I just link um, the entire page because I think like you can get single tickets in August, but you can get a subscription in July. So, mm-hmm. you know, pick wait, you have they do. they have everything up already? Like all their all the people who are doing talks and stuff already. Some of it, they have like, say, like they own it. Yeah, some of the locations are to be determined, but like the talks, like let's see, at least one of them, the one that my professor is doing, is up. And then, yeah, I think that's only like specific um, booking they have him and Imani wins, and then I, I guess see. everything okay. else. Yeah. Um. And yeah, what else? Oh, of course big news for classical music this week as well um is that the uh afro-cuban composer tanya leon has won a pulitzer prize um period oh no stay tuned for katie's next year so okay um she won the pulitzer prize in music um last week for her orchestral work stride um yeah, they the jury picked her piece for um, they described it as a musical journey full of surprise with powerful brass and rhythmic motifs that incorporated black music traditions from the U.S. Uh, and the Caribbean into a Western orchestral fabric. Um, it get, the the piece got its world premiere in by the New York Philharmonic at Lincoln Center um, last year. Oh dang! Like exactly a year before the pandemic. I mean, not a year, a month before the pandemic, on February 13th, 2020. Um, And, yeah, it was born out of the project that we may have touched on last year called Project 19, um, Mm. which is a commissioning program where 19 uh, women composers were chosen to write, uh, oh, yeah, to write music uh, to uh, commemorate the centennial of the ratification of the 19th Amendment. I do remember talking about this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to link an interview that uh, Tanya Leon did with NPR about winning the Pulitzer Prize and also about the piece stride that she won for specifically. Um and yeah, so y'all can period. Listen, we winning. Anthony what, Davis period. last year. Big dot. How you how you want to Pulitzer? Can you can you nominate somebody? Just asking. Why why would you like to know that Dorney? Just in case. Oh, you're going to do a self-nomination? Well, oh, I love that. I don't know um, about self-nominations, but I will... Right, but that's actually, irrelevant to me, so... Actually, I'm sure you don't have to worry about self-nominations at all, actually, so... Right, because... Because we were wasting my time, so, so many so, people but, would well, do it for you. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure... Mm, so I'm sure that they will uh, get so that. I think Katie has her sound off. She's probably talking to herself so, right now. Nope, so. nope, you can hear me. Not well. Fine. Because I'm, we're right here. Um, love this for you. Actually, with all the people listening, 
they probably can nominate you. I love where this is going. You see, God will turn it. You see, this is amazing. I love this for you. This is so beautiful. No, that's who's turning it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, he okay. spoke through me and told no. me to tell you. Mm. Hey, glory be to God. He told me to tell you on this here Sunday. All right. That not Sunday. God's got a blessing with your name on it. All right. Per. Well, what we'll to see who we're sitting here talking about next year? Yes, probably gonna we be will. Buried, to be honest, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> if we keep it in a buck, probably. Don't purr. All right, I think that's all I got. Yep. Okay, so it's time for the intermission. One of my favorite intermissions, <laughs> and most commonly occurring, is uh, listens lately. Um, so yeah, I just want to uh, get into what you're listening to. Do I have any classical music? It stop. Okay, well, let me. Oh, I, was, <laughs> I don't know. Why I was waiting for another one. All right, y'all. So it's time for the intermission, and we're gonna do one of my favorite ones because I'll be wanting to hear what Delaney. Delaney finding some abstract stuff she'd be listening to on the low. So, um. But we're gonna do listens lately. Uh, just hear what you talking about, what you listening to. Period. So what you what you been doing? What you been listening to? Okay, well my first one is not abstract at all because you certainly know it. Um, but I don't know why it's been stuck in my head. But I've been listening to Glory to Glory to Glory. I don't know why it's been stuck in my head. I've been listening to this song like like ten times a day. <laughs> For him and da 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 Yeah. I mean, you really could just play it. Not us. Yeah. <laughs> Starting in the middle of the song. <laughs> but that's like one of the best parts. I don't know if you would have started there, but I don't have a timestamp, and it's fine. Y'all can look it up. <laughs> listen that's my damn yeah. period um well speaking of gospel music um just came back from a trip uh with my grandmother a day trip and you know i had to keep it cute on the ride there because <laughs> <laughs> you want to play her bodak yellow i mean low-key me and monica kind of just because she was she was not enough on the way back today so we just turned on we just turned on Meg. And Monica was just trying to keep it cute, singing all the lyrics. I was like, <laughs> but my grandma wouldn't, she don't be understanding it sometimes. So she just ignored us. But we were like, <laughs> anyway, um, I forgot about this song. This is God, this is God, Great God by Kurt Carr. Kurt Carr? No, nah, here we go. <laughs> I've got a new song for all of the praisers. Are you ready? I miss choir music. I miss church. My church went back in person. I'm not going though. Oh. But I don't know. I don't. The nature of church made me a little nervous. It makes me a little yeah. nervous. The hugging and stuff. And yeah, I feel kind of. Yeah. And I feel kind of bad because it's like not me was just with the Memphis Symphony all up in person, but I'm not hugging my stand partner. You know? Yeah, and, and, you know, now somebody hooping and hollering and now they they mouth particles got a 30 foot radius. Yeah. Obviously, the city of Evanston like limited 
limited him. Of course, like church has been significantly shorter. Like it gets out like eleven fifteen starts at ten. <laughs> wow. Okay, so some people be I like, know, "That's hard." Right, right. Pastor Dylan knows how to have church, but I just, um, um, especially like not everybody in there is vaccinated. For, mm. Rightfully, I, I listen. I understand. I took mine, but I understand the hesitation. Um, and I'm just going, you know, I'll be back in November. So we'll see. <laughs> um. Okay, so this is something I guess I had listened to um, a while back, but now I just, I don't know, I listened to it recently for whatever reason. Um, it's a the concertino for viola, cello, and bass. Um, I forget the, the dude's first name, but his last name is Romberg. Um, it's basically just for cello. There is like viola, a viola cello solo. And bass. Yeah, there's a viola solo at, so some, at one point in this movement, but... It's basically cello solo the entire time, but here we go. No viola. I, I heard viola doing the viola, but I wouldn't be yeah, like it sounds like viola continuo. Yeah, after the after the there's a repeat, and then after that there's a there's a viola uh, solo. But I'm oh. yeah, not I must not be recording. But the basis, <laughs> yes, yeah, just continue the whole time. Hey, like the them sonatas. I don't know if y'all have these, but there are two sonatas. I can't remember the second one, but the medicine viola sonata is really the title is. Uh, sonata for piano and viola because the viola just be hanging out for most of it and it's like what was the point what was the reason for this like you could have just wrote a piano sonata right anyway um i was listening to some tt flow this week um uh i was reminded of her third symphony and you know tt flow she loves a, a juba so here is a third movement uh, from her third symphony in C minor. Why was that so difficult to say? <laughs> like, what the heck? Okay, here it is. like that it's also a lot of fun to to play it's a little tricky though because the viola don't play exactly what you hear we fill in so mm. like you know you know when you be like you see the rhythm but you make up stuff because you you know what i mean nope just me okay <laughs> that's grand anyway what's your last one okay so this is a throw back oh my goodness i do not know what made me think of this something made me think of aim and if y'all don't know what AIM is, that was like a messaging thing from AOL that like was really popular when I was in mm-hmm. middle school. Um, and yeah, it was like, yeah, like everybody was using AIM. So YG has a song called AIM Me. And I don't know what, like, I don't know what made me think of AIM, but I was like, yo, remember AIM Me? So I've been listening to it. <laughs> and he uses like, in the beat, he uses the little sound. If y'all were oh, on AIM, neat. you know. Yeah, y'all, y'all will hear the you know the little sound that that it makes when you get an aim. But yeah, this just a throwback from I don't know, two thousand nine. <laughs> 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 
ain't shit changed. I be on sidekick every day. Wish you never know. Wish you ain't you cute girl. What you expect for me to say? I hit her up like, what you doing today? She ain't hit me back. She put her way up in my face. <laughs> that's me and you rude. But that's why you still got a sidekick too. Come on, come on. I love it. Not that's why you still got a sidekick too. <laughs> I was so, and that little door opening, that's like when somebody comes online. Oh, yeah. I never used, we called it AIM. Oh. But maybe because we was so, but I never used it. Because, like, we, did I, when was that? When was that? Did I have a computer? You said 209. I had a computer. <laughs> Wait. Definitely. Not 209. Whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? How old is Katie? No. <laughs> You're ancient. I was like, oh, 2009, we had a computer, but I didn't, I never had AOL. All right, so my last one. Find it. I didn't make a playlist. I don't even make a playlist, but I have so many playlists from Classically Black. I was determined not to. Um, this gem. Um, I think I did as an intro. I don't know. Is by the City Girl City Girls. It's called Twerkulator, and I just think it's fun, and I listen to it a lot, and that's my business. Okay, here it is. <laughs> It's fun. Period. Is it lyric? One more. <sighs> Listen, all I'm gonna say is that there's just an amazing song. It's okay. It's not great. I'm not gonna play it on here because it's very problematic. But I enjoy, <laughs> and it's called "Go Best Friend." I'm not gonna say nothing else besides that. But I had a thorough time finding it and a quite enjoyable time listening to it. It's out of pocket. It's ridiculous. Um, but I will not be playing it here. Oh, well, you know what? I'm editing this one, so I'll just... Gonna insert it? Yep. And okay, I'll now you... and I'll cut out the part where you said you weren't gonna play it, and, you know, I'll stitch it together. <laughs> oh, perfect. Then you use a sound sample of my voice. Yep. So how are you gonna do that? I'm gonna cut out the not... So I'm gonna be like, so all right, like, I'm I'm going to play it, okay, because <laughs> that's okay. gonna be worth my time. <laughs> anyway, that was quite enjoyable. So, woo, moving on. Period. All right. So today's episode has been inspired by my family, who asked me yet again what exactly I do for the eleven billion time um and i thought it'd be cute to talk about not cute it would be informative and healing to talk about how we deal with parents <laughs> not at all synonyms <laughs> for cute at all i thought it would be um informative and healing to talk about how we deal with parents especially at this particular point I, we've talked about parents before for sure especially but maybe like in the beginning like you want to you want to major in what? That episode was that episode three or four? I think that's episode six, actually. Oh, for real? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but that episode, we definitely talked about parents. But that was at a completely different time. We were still like, it was a very different time. So, talking about yeah, like we're how both in school, yeah. And I think we both had a vague idea what we wanted to do, but I feel like that has like streamlined significantly since twenty eighteen. <laughs> um. So, we're gonna talk about parents and and our family because to be honest, Ina really don't leave me alone. Like Ina really just it's really not, um, which makes it easier for me. I will say, but I'll, we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, um, so let's regroup and go back to the beginning. 
And uh, Delaney, you want to talk a little bit more about your parents' first response to you studying music um, or your career objective in general? So, um, I mean, I was with my dad the day before my Eastman audition, and he asked me, did I know how to read music? So <laughs> I think, you know, for, for him, it's just like, you know, whatever I'm doing, I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, for my mom, dang, I can't even say, you know, you know, my memory is terrible. I will say um, that she's, she's voiced to me recently that like, yeah, she was worried when I wanted to um, do music. And she also said that she had a feeling that I wasn't going to stick with it with playing not like with music in general but um with with playing and um but yeah she said she was worried about it and then we went to like they had this like um college prep for musicians like information session or whatever and I don't know if you know if people have heard of Dr. Annie Bosler she does college prep for musicians um and has like she wrote like she has a book on it and the website and all kind of stuff but um she did this like information session and it came with this big old packet and it had just like pages and pages and pages of things that you could do with a music degree mm-hmm. and my mom was like after that I was like I'm fine with it mm-hmm. so um yeah so it definitely started off as like a what she finna do and she did try to get me to do it like a dual degree the way I was dragged by the hairs of my chinny chin chin through that music degree I already knew that a dual degree was not going to happen. So, yeah, I mean, I don't understand how people do dual degrees um, in general, to be honest, because I feel like every, every it's college. <laughs> so you do, like, I feel like at any institution, um, but particularly like at an institution where you, you are, you're expected to perform at an incredibly high level. I just don't understand how people balance. Yeah. And, and also it can be, like, I've heard, definitely heard of people um, saying that it's been detrimental to their conservatory experience in terms of how faculty treat them because mm. um, they treat them as though you know they're not as dedicated or like they're just you know you need to be doing music 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 all the time and it's like for to a certain you know extent in conservatory that's like what's going to be your life but also at least they have lives outside of music, their instruments I just mm. don't understand how yeah, like I don't, I I just don't understand where that would have been fitting in. Yeah, I'm, but it's also is that a take five at Eastman or is that like a it just takes five years? No, take five is different because like, oh. um, yeah, University of Rochester they have this thing called take five where basically you can apply to have you can apply to do a fifth year, um, of school and it's like you kind of create your own like project or curriculum for that fifth year. Oh yeah, okay. Right, and the right. dual degree, yeah, it, they they try to spread it out over five years. But I know a lot of people that graduated in four, which what? But yeah, mm, yeah, I'll be easy. Yeah, right. Um, I would say like, I think my no one was completely vocal about my decision to do music because I knew I wanted to be a music teacher very young like in seventh grade I was like oh Mr. Janice Mr. Janice is doing his thing this looks like a lot of fun I want to do this so I kind of knew that and my aunt was very outspoken about me not doing that and my family is kind of one big conglomerate um the extent to which we meddle in each other's business well not we they meddle in each other's business um depends on the temperature of the room at the moment like any family but um I think she was the only vocal one like you shouldn't do that you're not she said you're not doing that I'm like you're not my mama I already knew I was gonna do it so when it was time to <laughs> and I think I've always been like that I, I just feel like um that that's also a reason like I've always been like that's cute anyway I'm gonna apply <laughs> to it anyway because you know my mom um that's kind of how I ended up auditioning for me to school anyway but I did soften the blow a little bit with the pre-dental track and that wasn't really for anyone to make anyone feel better I genuinely wanted to be a dentist like I was a a, a huge academic in high school you would not believe that now because I literally do simple math on my phone like I was like nah, Let me just you you be writing an article nah. as do you no um, not in a journal okay um but like I was like calculus. I was like very like studious. So 
and now it's like I'm like let me just double check girl right, I'm, I'm like, like I know two plus two equals four, but let me just see. Because, like, like if it changed yesterday, you're not going to have me out here looking crazy, okay? And especially when it's, like, abstract numbers. Like, not abstract, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and then you got to carry the nah. Yeah, you, you got to carry? <laughs> like, and Nikki be, like, looking at me like abstract, hey, I'm like, uh, no, I got a bad memory, so then I got to do it over and over because then I'm like, what did I carry over? And then, yeah, it's the math and the memory. And then you got to remember what you carried up. No, nah, I'm good. And, and 23 plus 56. Like, that's a lot. Uh, that's, that's a lot. literally why the calculator's there. And, and I be, especially calculating tips with Nikki, like, when I calculate a tip, that's fine because I always do 20%. So it's just like mm-hmm. you just whatever. You take 10%, double it. But nah, Nikki be like, good. And she should be like dinner time and like like um like you know that meme with the with the white lady and all them numbers behind her. Mm-hmm. Nikki be like that at the table. I'm like this could have been over. <laughs> and she takes pride in being able to do it. I'm like calculus was a waste. I should, the way I should have just been an underachiever, girl. <laughs> I was a, a couple of years ahead in math. Does not mean I was good at it. it just meant the school when I changed schools in middle school, I was on a, like a different track. Mm-hmm. and um from my previous school then the school I transferred to and um I didn't take math my senior year of high school because I didn't need to I took problem stats yes. I didn't need to take that either but I wanted I could either take problem stats or calculus I took problem stats and then my senior year they're like you could take calculus or if you take no math I'm like why would I take calculus yeah I wish I had that foresight <laughs> the only thing I will say I would have failed it. <laughs> you wouldn't have failed it because I, I passed it. Girl, I would have failed it. <laughs> and I got like a B. I don't know how I handled the how I got that. Now the AP test, mm, that was definitely I definitely was warming the seat for that one. But <laughs> <laughs> but I was there. I was present. Um, I was present. <laughs> but I, the only thing I will say, I I am continuously grateful for in regards to the rigor and the hell that I put myself in high school was the fact that it just allowed me to operate in that conscious state of suffering <laughs> throughout my academic career. Like I, it's very few things that when we have a lot of things firing at once and having to manage that, like I saw, I had a friend named Kendrea, um, in my freshman year at ISU who struggled a lot. I'm like, girl, this is like high school pro, you know what I'm saying? Because, of like taking AP physics, tape, taking AP lit, taking AP calc, like all of that at the same <laughs> that time. Hilarious. Plus orchestra, plus uh, I, I was in after school, everything. Like I just learned how to balance a lot. I also learned how to write really well. I think the the further I went on, I learned how to streamline, be more clear and concise. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do thank that. But the hell I went through for no reason, but I didn't want to be a dentist. So I I wasn't really dragging it out. Like, I actually did want to do that. I had a whole reason about, like, teeth the first thing you see when you meet someone and blase, blase. And I really want to do that. I wanted to be an oral surgeon because we could just poke people in the mouth and take junk out. Like, I was like, that's kind of cool. Um, what? <laughs> uh, but the the further I went into ISU, like, and, and learning more about music and stuff like that, and I it was just like a slow burn to my mom was rocking. My mom was always like, "If I, if you rocking, I'm rolling." Type John, like she's always been like that for the most part. Um, but like it was a slow. Like first, I was I'm doing both. Now I'm only now I'm teaching public school. Now I'm a, being an orchestra. Like it was just like a slow. Now we're not teaching at all. Uh, type thing. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, they were they. My family and all weren't not thrilled but i think once they realized i was going to teach public school and that came with security they're like okay and now they're kind of like we don't really know what katie doing but she's not selling drugs to our knowledge so (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah how does it differ how does it differ now like your first first response to now i feel like to now like i feel like it's there like people don't really know what i'm doing like (laughs) <laughs> yeah like they don't know they're like kind of like, and I feel like in some ways especially I mean thank god I'm moving out of my mama's house this week but um I think that that kind of bothers them and not even just because of like they don't know what I'm doing but because like the structure of our lives and our careers is a bit different from what they're used to and even my mom my mom doesn't have a regular nine to five job yeah you know she's a flight attendant so she used to when I was a kid she used to go to 
work for like three days or something at a time mm-hmm. and then come back but now like she'll do a turn she'll go to work super early in the morning and come back um at night but um so it's not that she has a regular um schedule but she but like i could tell like having me around she wants to be like delaney can you do this do this do this when i'm like no girl i have like meetings throughout the day i have like yeah. you know it's just mm-hmm. it's a kind of a hodgepodge of a lot of different things and mm-hmm. sometimes it'd be like she think I, I think sometimes my mom think I'm a deadbeat. Like <laughs> sometimes she right, but all right, most of the time she literally, not. Literally not right. But sometimes she not, and um. So I think they kind of just like my mom recently found out about some other stuff that I'm doing. She was like, I didn't know you was doing this because I'm be, be telling people what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's also a part of it. But yeah, I feel like people just like do I need to just. She don't ask me for money, so. <laughs> I remember like I got a little irritated with my with my grandma because I we went on a picnic on like earlier this last week and she got irritated because the time I told her wasn't the time that I came down and because I had a American VL Society meeting and then I had to like where it's a picnic girl not to sit in the park so there has to be food at the picnic and so she was like I thought you said blase blase blue and I was like I feel, I, I said to her, I was like, I feel like you think I be doing nothing. Like, I think that's, that's how people, <laughs> stuff don't go according to schedule. They be like so confused. Yeah. It's like a mistake from a human. Oh no. <laughs> like, and I know my, my grandma's been, always been like, she's, I mean, rural Jamaica, very much I'm in the house type person. I don't like being out at night because bad things happen at night type homebody. Always been like that. So, it's summertime, Gloria. The, the the sun doesn't set at 4 p.m. Like, it's going to be out for a while, you know? And it's like, I might just up there twiddling my thumbs like, oh, 5 o'clock, let me throw something. Like, how about the meeting? Like, and then the other, like, I be practicing. Like, you, I'm not just practicing for nothing. She, she's confused why I still have to practice. Um, like, I just, I feel like, you, I feel like you be thinking I'm be doing nothing up there. I just be, I just be in meetings. I'm just staring at the Zoom. Me and myself just staring at the Zoom. Um, having meetings about nothing um, and then I just walk back and forth to make it sound like I'm doing something up here and I'm but I'm really doing nothing like I don't understand yeah. what you think I be doing my grandma's also confused about that she's like why you got so many meetings I'm like because we like it's also the type of job mm-hmm. that it is like because like we are thinking of ideas we're like whatever you know like like and there's nothing wrong like people have other types of jobs but like I feel like people in my family have done like service stuff. Like I go to mm-hmm. my job and I do this physically. Yeah. And you know, and it's like, so then they don't even understand like how your job can give you burnout or whatever. Cause you're not physically tired. You're mentally tired. Yeah. Or something like, yeah. So it's just, cause my girl would be like, what are you meeting about all day? <laughs> Literally. And I, I try to give them grace. I could sometimes it could be annoying. Cause I hate, first of all, I hate being asked like what I'm doing. I hate being asked what my plan is. I don't have one girl. I'm going from <laughs> glory to glory. All right. And I, I was telling, I was talking to my cousin Nadia. I'm like, I understand that like, I'm the only one in this family with a non-traditional career. Like nobody knows about this thing. And also not only to that extent, it's like, we don't only do classical music. Like we, we podcast, like I have a, a little YouTube situation. We write for, for, online things you know what i'm saying like there's a lot of things firing at once and none of it's traditional my cousin's a social worker my other cousin's an occupational therapist my uncle works for an airline like just my mm-hmm. grandma was a cna my aunt's a pharmacist my mom's a preschool teacher it's like all very i go to work i work mm-hmm. at work i come home it's like i have a meeting at 8 p.m tonight i might have a meeting at 7 because of this person's time zone like it's just like all over the map doing and i do viola but i also do this and they're just like so you're poor i'm like, <laughs> like so you're doing nothing i don't know but yes and no all right turning your viola into a house <laughs> like fire god bless it i don't know love that for us <laughs> i mean i think the thing that for me would that it differs with now with like the oh you're doing music what is music it's 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 that it's like what no for real what are you doing i remember literally my uncle was moving my uncle has has helped me with every move i've ever had i'm very grateful literally from the first time i ever moved out of my house until i moved to memphis my uncle carl has helped me with every single one so we're in memphis we're vibing i'm like period 
I was about to say. I was like, Katie got a fellowship. Ugh. And he was like, so after this fellowship, like, what are you going to do? Like, going to teach? I'm like, I would rather, I don't know what I would rather do to teach public school. I don't enjoy it. I, I did, been there, done that. I like teaching. I don't like teaching. I don't, I just kind of lost my, my vibe for that. Um, and also, I don't like the other stuff that comes to public school. I think I taught 50% of the time. The rest of the time is IEP meetings and uh, administration stuff and parents conferences. It's just not my vibe. Um, he's like, well, you can't keep going to school. And I'm like, first of all, Carl, yes, I can. <laughs> if I want to. I can go to school for the rest of my life. <laughs> okay. Secondly, I told him the other day, I'm like, I'm literally right on track for what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, This is literally what you to get to where you are supposed to go. I am doing what you're supposed to be doing. And they don't really understand that. So I'm just like, I don't now at first it was confusion now it's just more confusion i think that's how it differs it's just more yeah because yeah. even when i was telling my mom like about the process the hiring process for like what i'm gonna be doing for the next year like she was kind of like when people apply for a job like you get the job and it's just like you apply for the job you need a job right now and i'm like yeah but a job and fellowship is like it's different you know right. and even even my grandma like you know my grandma don't want me to move so she was like <laughs> i told her i was leaving and um the first time she was like oh congratulations she was like oh you sure you you sure that's what you want like and i think that she thought like you know i was gonna go to school and come back and i'm just back now yeah you know but mm-hmm. it's like no because i remember I, this was like this was a couple of weeks ago. So it was about two months after I told her I was moving and I mentioned it and she was like, Oh, you still doing that? Uh-uh. <laughs> I was like, yes, I'm still, I was never not doing it. <laughs> she was like, Oh, uh-uh. I thought you, you know, you, you, you would have thought about it by now and decided against it. No, ma'am. <laughs> okay. So how do you handle conversations or like questions about your career that bear benefits um, to your mental health? I don't. Oh. <laughs> that's like a hard boundary i'm I, I say a couple of words not to be me like to not to be rude and dismissive because they're never asking me i'm trying to think sometimes it's like a a, a pressure thing like so what are you da, 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 da? but like most times it's it being inquisitive and i'm just be like the last time i was like besides this last this <laughs> couple of days ago the last time this came up like before i got memphis i was like I'm the only one here that knows what I'm doing. So you just have to trust that I know what I'm doing. And if that's not enough for you, I don't sell you. I just don't, I just don't have the conversation, especially since like the main person I actually care about my mom is just vibing out. Like she, she's just vibing out. So it's like, I, I just don't have the conversation. I'm like, I'm the only one here that knows what I'm doing. I'm like, you had to, some one of my family members had to like their co was like, Oh, you're not just going to Eastman? That's one of the da 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 da. And he's like, Oh, congrats, Katie. He's like, I don't, I know what I'm doing. Okay. Mm. So that's why I just don't have those conversations. I just don't do them. Like, I have an idea in my head of where I want to be. I'm doing what I have to do. You, you worry about yours, big homie. I got me. Not big homie. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I'm similar. Especially because no one really asks for questions like that except for like my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just try not to, like that's that's one of the reasons why she, like she's confused about not confused but like sometimes doesn't know exactly what I'm doing mm-hmm. because I don't tell her. The only reason why, um, the main reason why I will say is because my mom is the queen of unsolicited advice. <laughs> like literally, like yeah it's an addiction like <laughs> not an addiction <laughs> can, like cannot help herself but and i was like i understand like nobody wants to see their kids struggle right. you know no one wants to see their kids like everyone wants to see you know your kids get to where they're going and be happy but it seems like sometimes i'm like can you just let me make this mistake like <laughs> can i just yeah. do that mm-hmm. you know because sometimes people need to learn a different way but um yeah so sometimes i don't i i I didn't even tell her about this whole like the next thing that I'm doing because I don't want like input like outside input to influence yeah. me because whether it doesn't matter how many times you tell me that I'm grown and I can do what I want um you know sometimes you might be inclined to somebody that I've been listening to for my entire life 
someone yeah. who's been in charge of my life for for over two decades I, you're if you are telling me oh you should do this you do this that's probably that's going to in some way sub- maybe even subconsciously undermine yeah. my judgment or make me doubt myself what i want to do so that's why i don't really answer questions like that because if i say oh i'm planning on doing this then it's well, why don't you do this and uh and, and you should think about doing this and, and what about this and sometimes a lot of the times it's stuff that i've already thought about and i don't like having to explain my decisions mm-hmm. like all the time because it feels yeah. like yeah it feels like there's no trust there like you don't trust my judgment and i really don't like that because i'm not mm-hmm. a person i don't make rash decisions um i don't take like i don't take risks that are like reckless you know like I don't Mm -hmm. do stuff like that I am very meticulous and I make choices intentionally so I don't like the the implication that I need all of this hand holding and and babysitting when it comes to large decisions like my career because I have truly thought it out yeah so that's why I don't I don't be liking to uh, say stuff like that and also my mom has this thing where she says you don't have to take my advice but then she'll keep talking about it until you take it uh, she's like you don't, you don't have to I'm like yeah but you've mentioned it every single time <laughs> I've seen you which is every day for the past three weeks so it seems <laughs> like the only time the only way you're gonna stop talking about this is if I do take the advice so sometimes she just beats you into submission oh. And I know that sounds bad, but trust me, I know my mom. She's a great mother, but like, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't want because now she's going to listen to this and be like, you talking about me. She said she was mad about something I said about her on Classically Black one time. So My mom thought we stopped doing the show um, uh, at, at episode 50 when we stopped putting it on uh, YouTube. So even yeah. though I tell you, I meet every week to record this, which is, I'm saying, Ina be vibing. Ina this, Ina's. YouTube was hellacious. It was terrible. Like, yeah. it was terrible. I mean, I would be willing to do some, like, little videos. Like, we used to do at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But, like, putting the whole episode up in the upload time be, like, five hours. And for for three views, nah. Y'all yeah. get it right here. It's a podcast. Podcast on podcast. App. Um. Okay, so I think... We might touch on this a little bit, but what are the, some of the biggest misconceptions um, that your family or your parents have about your career? Hey, I don't even know if there's any like really serious ones at this point. Like, I think it just comes from not, you know, just not being in the classical music circles. Mm-hmm. I think in some ways, like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's just like from not knowing how. Um, like that it's an entire industry and like this yeah. very like nuance. I feel like classical music is just very much something that happens over there for a lot of people. Yeah, but there's nothing like no like huge like oh I thought you was I don't even know <laughs> I don't even know. My grandma asked me the other day. This is mainly a because my mom know I mean my mom my mom knows some stuff just from being in proximity um but my grandma asked the other day like when I was talking about like breaking it out to her again I'm like I play in an orchestra the orchestra puts on concerts that's how they work then they go you know and then she was like so let me get paid for that Gloria why would they why does everybody think <laughs> that everybody's just volunteering for the good of music I mean because I feel some, like people think because music is a passion so it's not like yeah you know it, but it's like this is hard work that's one of the misconceptions yeah it's hard that, that yeah that my mom and, and it's not that my mom doesn't think it's hard it's that she thinks like like even when it's hard it's like that enjoyable like it's my passion so it it pushes me through like when I told her I didn't want to do I was glad I didn't have to do a a live recital Mm -hmm. she was and she and and she was saying she doesn't understand how me and you was like we're not putting our recitals out there and whatever and she's like aren't you a musician don't you like to play and I'm like yes I don't want to play a solo recital I don't like to play that way I don't want to be a soloist Mm -hmm. I like to play in a section but it's like it seems like um everything is like um everything is like you know you're a musician and so everything that falls under that should be something that you enjoy Mm -hmm. and it's like no girl people are different types of musicians Mm -hmm. and also um 
another misconception that that my mom has now that I think about it is um like I don't I, I don't know how to explain it but like I'm not playing right now and I told her I was like I do not want to play even for money like oh, <laughs> damn like she, she, the, I took a gig which I'm gosh I was avoiding that gig so much but she literally badgered me into taking it and I'm like I do not she's like but you got this degree or whatever and I'm like and that degree will always be on my resume always and also not, it's a performance degree but it's a high, it's still a college degree like that you could do anything with that exactly and I'm like she's like but you got this this degree in, in, in performance and I'm like why do you keep holding me to like I understand that but I don't have to that's not what I have to do with my degree and mm-hmm. um and I'm not going to advertise oh Delaney bassist because then people will hire me to play the bass and I do not want to be hired to play the bass. Mm-hmm. Double bass performance degree from Eastman School of Music will always be on my resume and that's how they will know that I play the bass. But I'm not going to advertise myself as something that I do not want to th- well, I'm not going to professionally advertise myself as something that I do not want to be professionally hired for. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So yeah, I see that for sure. Speaking of misconceptions, like I think one of the the hardest, like one of the hardest um, learning curves for me, especially venturing out in, into the performance space, has been this idea of like how it's like not a linear path at all, like at all. I mean, for some people, it it is it is linear, and that's amazing for you, baby. Like I love that for you. Like good for you, Tink. But I feel like for most people, it's just it's just like not linear. And I think for even me, grasping that idea has been difficult. And then you have to explain to people who are watching you on the outside, like that's been because for me, I I mean, I haven't. I think what I said before about just explaining that I'm the only one who knows what I'm doing. That has been my experience with explain helping them grasp the idea of it being nonlinear, but they probably still don't grasp it because I just shut, I shut them down every time. And to be clear, I don't get badgered about my existence. I, that's not what, that's not what um that's not what happens. But I think I also think I got lucky because I only took a year off, and half of that year off was the pandemic. So people had other had <laughs> other things to do. Um, but I think for me, I was coming to terms with this being not being a linear path on, on my own, you mm. know. So I never, I haven't really had to to explain that uh, to my. I I think they they saw it a little bit because I remember um, my uncle uh, met me at my gate when I was taking the Cincinnati Fellowship audition, and he was like, "Oh, so why are you going to Cincinnati? Because you know I just be." I was just, I just be doing it. He just, I was like, I'm coming through your, your airport if you want to meet me. <laughs> um, uh, cause whatever, I'd be logging in and he'd be, I had to turn off the notifications. Cause you don't need to know where I'm going. You gave me the password. You don't need to know where I'm going. So I turned off the notification okay. to let him know. But I'm like, yeah, I'm coming through your airport. So he's like, why are you going to Cincinnati? And I was like, oh, I'm taking this audition. Like, oh, that'd be good. Cincinnati's a great city. Then I'm like, who said I'm getting it? <laughs> like, he's like, well, you're prepared, aren't you? I'm like, yes. Who said I'm getting it? And didn't get it, you know? And I think, like, it's just, like, that's not how it works. Like, so you're going to take auditions and you're not going to get them. I had something coming up, and my uncle was like, oh, good. That's great. I'm like, who said I'm going to get it? I'm, you just have to do it. This ghetto. You just have to just have to keep taking them. You have to keep auditioning. That reminds me of that TikTok, like, sound that's going around where it's, like, the... Like it, it'll show like um a a path sort of thing, and then it'll be like the let me pull it up because I have it uh I have it saved on on Twitter, um but it basically was like what people think is like the path that you take to do X versus mm-hmm. like what it actually is, mm-hmm. and um I'm trying to remember if I I actually don't think I put it, did I put it on Twitter or did I put it on my Instagram whatever it's not important because that's what the entire episode is about so it's really not that deep if i find it i'll play it but it might be on my on my um my instagram and not my twitter but yeah i feel like i forgot what i was gonna say about it not being a, a linear path i feel like for a lot of like of course music is not like we're not saying like oh music is the only thing you know because a lot of people have have those kind of issues oh i found it <laughs> 
this thing. <laughs> so like with each of those like little beats is someone drawing on a piece of paper like um like back and forth to all like all the steps that it takes them to do something mm -hmm. yeah i mean that that graphic would have been perfect but it negated the fact that sometimes you take steps backwards and that mm. that oh, would that's be, terrible oh that'd be messing me up yeah yeah that was really yeah that was really difficult because i remember i had a very big like practice breakthrough in my sophomore year of college and i never ever got that again and that was very like i was that was so difficult because mm -hmm. i felt like dang i found this method that works for me and I made, I made so much progress it was my first semester of my sophomore year i made a lot a lot of like noticeable progress something for that i noticed that my teacher noticed that like like all of this stuff and never and i was like chasing that for the rest of in college and never ever got anything close to that bag it's terrible <laughs> i mean I've been practicing a lot lately and one thing that's frustrated me that I'm working on is hand frame playing within the hand frame because one thing about me I, like I'm playing soon like I'm a, I'm going to fish and find the note muscle memory remember that has to be a little bit this that has to be a little bit this this has to ring like this but the I, the problem is that doesn't transfer to every piece and I'm so I'm working on um reviving my my Bach prelude for a couple of things that I have coming up and I was sitting there. I'm like, why is this not in tune? <laughs> like, it's day eight. This sounds terrible. And, and I'm talking about like just really intense, like playing every note with an open string. Really, and I'm just like, this is not sticking. And I'm like, I remember something Mr. Taylor told me years ago about like how I fish for notes and I need to play in the hand frame. So not me and my students playing the same etudes. <laughs> like no one talks about going back. Like I, mm -hmm. I'm playing some of the stuff that they're that they're playing so i can work on my staying within a hand frame so i don't fish for every single note and it's like that's never something i envisioned <laughs> working on this summer i did not envision that but it's i mean in a couple of weeks i'll see the results of that but it's just no one talks about going backwards and then springing forward and then taking a small step back and then a little step forward mm -hmm. it's a mess yeah, stagnant mm -hmm. stagnant seeing this like humans of new york thing and it was a cellist and he was talking about how he'd been taking auditions for decades and i was like i'm not cut out for that and that's like that's kind of how i knew like i was like that would kill me i'm mm -hmm. sorry like I, I cannot do that i'm just so uptight and so like i, I can't and that was <laughs> you know like and and that's fine for a lot of people but i was like that would i would be so miserable mm -hmm. um in that and so that's why the people who do make it through like they kind of, they really come to terms with that not being a linear path thing um one way or another and i mean i don't even know if my mental health is strong enough for that but we're gonna see because decades bro no and that the thing that i i think like classical music has has romanticized getting it out the mud so much that like we don't even realize like how i don't know it's just like People be you okay when you when you start your orchestral journey, your teacher will be like, "This gonna be hard, but you got it, baby." Like that's that's always like the first conversation, right? And it's like when well you're in it and it's hard. That is a completely different mental beast because, like as as a human, you're not supposed to get that kind of those kind of rejections. It's like you take thing after thing after thing. It's like you don't advance or you don't thank you for your application. It's like that's weird. That's not normal. So it's like. I don't, I don't know and then we romanticize it's like well you gotta keep going you gotta but da -da 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 -dum, again and again baby and you gonna be just fine <laughs> just like oh my god i should have been a dentist i'm playing i'm kidding i'm kidding okay <laughs> i'm kidding um orthodontically black you said dentist not orthodontist so <laughs> i just uh, that sounds terrible that sounds terrible but yeah, you got any advice for these folks about uh, who's dealing with? I remember there's there's this one. I'm not gonna say who. I'm just, let me talk around this. There's this one instrumentalist that I was talking to at Sphinx who asked me. They found out I was Jamaican and they were also Jamaican. They were like, "How do you deal with your parents?" 
and like whatever like and I said I said the same stuff I said like I just ignore them like I don't I just do what I do I assure them I know what I'm doing and I understand that it's not everybody's reality and actually to this day I don't know why they asked me anything about my advice because they're actually like one of the top players right now I'll tell you when we get off <laughs> but um so I, I'm like you did not need my advice about that because you're obviously doing your thing but um I know everybody doesn't have that experience about your parents just kind of letting it ride especially like if they have a financial hold on you or or whatever so I'm, I'm I don't really I have to think this through well, advice I would give someone outside of sticking to your guns what, what would you say see yeah I was about to say I don't know why um anybody would ask me that neither because I ain't no wise one when it comes to okay and stuff. I ain't no wise one <laughs> when it comes to stuff like that especially like it's difficult especially when you're young and just you're a lot of people are still financially dependent on their parents Mm -hmm. it's like really what can you do like yeah girl and how you and see i'm lucky toxic because i was gonna be like just tell them your relationship will be forever ruined (laughs) (laughs) and you'll never speak to them again like that's what that's some kind of stuff i'll be on lucky not not like for real for real never speak to your like parents again but like i'll remember this yeah i I will remember this because that and i've and you know i'm not gonna put my business out there but i've had a a situation where i you know i was cut off essentially and um and all of this stuff in a in a time that was very difficult and that set me back like like it was an an in the moment punishment that would affect me long term mm-hmm. um especially financially because i do have student loans i would like to buy a house one day i still don't have a master's degree so that could be you know a potential other uh situation i'm gonna be in and um and i just remember being like listen i'm not one thing about me i'm not gonna beg but i will remember this listen. you know and for some people when your parents see that you're serious like Listen, sometimes it works. I'm not talking about being childish, but I'm just talking about being like, you know what? I'm not doing this, this back and forth because you yeah. don't take me seriously. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, they got to accept that you're an adult. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, comp- I completely agree. People always end up eat- people always end up eating, eating their words, especially when you are just determined to, to do it. I think, yeah, I mean, maybe people listening have advice. Maybe we could do some like an IG post something on it I don't know but cause I don't really have good advice except for like if you know what you want then you really just stick to it um and I think a lot there's this, there's this one child I was talking to and they said that their parents weren't supportive of well one parent was supportive one parent wasn't and they just kept doing it like <laughs> you have to it's like this determination to that you are you're not dumb and you know what you're talking about and it all I feel like it always works out in that maybe yeah, that's my Pollyanna um outlook on it but it, it works out I'm sorry I don't <laughs> don't have anything well Chile oh yeah well thanks for joining us y'all on this little this little conversation let us know if you identify with any part of it if you have any advice for the folks cause that would be helpful alright Oh, yeah. Are we moving on? Mm-hmm. Period. All right, y'all. It's time for Black Excellence, where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props, because there's room for everyone at the top. Who are talking about, Delaney? All right. This year. This year. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yup. This is our Black Excellence of the Year. No, um, start doing that. Okay. <laughs> See you on... Ju- it's literally June. I was about to say July. It feels See like July. Guys. It's probably why. July fourteenth, twenty twenty two, for our next Black Excellence. Okay, um, this week I am talking about Anwar Nasir. Um, he is um an instructor and an arts administrator who has been in the news recently because he was just named the executive director of the Louisiana Philharmonic Orchestra. Oh, I saw that. Right. Period. He's coming to them from um, an administrator position at the Omaha Symphony, um, and he'll be um, 
starting with the Louisiana Philharmonic Orchestra um, next month in mid-July. He will become the only black executive director of a major American orchestra um, and one of only a few black leaders in classical orchestras of any size. Not of any size. Jesus. Right. Father God. (laughs) Father God. What are we doing? (laughs) Oh, yeah, girl. It's it's a lot. Um, Yeah, but he um, has... A background um in the arts um in dance actually um he was instructor he was an instructor at the atlanta ballet okay um, i know um and a professional dancer for 10 years so he's really um coming um at this from a different perspective which is something mm-hmm. that he that he mentioned in this article that i'm gonna link about it um about kind of coming into the space with fresh eyes which is something that classical music needs so we talk about that a lot here on the show um he also has previously worked at the los angeles philharmonic and the hollywood bowl um and his role his current role at the omaha symphony is as chief revenue and advancement officer so it looks like he's had a lot of different you know types of experience and and roles that he's going to bring to the Louisiana Philharmonic Orchestra and I just can't wait to see what he does as the only black executive director at a major U.S. orchestra I want to know if there's any at a at a minor one I'm about to say community even like so um congrats to him for the hire um making history out here period um and yeah i'll link the the article so you guys can learn more about him his background um and hear a little bit about what he uh, hopes to accomplish in this role okay well let's wrap it up my piece of the week is florence price's um piano concerto on one movement um i remember when that's why Tina McCain ate y'all up and snatched y'all edges. And I was reminded of that piece last week with Michelle Kant. Did I post her? Yeah, I did. did. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, with Michelle. So, period. That's my piece of the week. I forgot that piece. Slaps and it's fun to play. Yeah. I, all right, y'all. Bye. I'm playing. Thanks so much okay. for listening to Classic Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classic Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, Black Excellence suggestion or intermission suggestion, send it to Classic Black Podcast at gmail.com. If you're black, join ISBM. It's free, it's fun, and it's black. ISBlackMusicians.com. Follow us at ISBlackMusicians. And thank you for listening, and we will catch you on the next one. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye.